Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. I'm Austin, and with me once again is my co-host, Reese. Reese, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, things are, are going well. You know, life is kind of just moving along, and, you know, man, what a week. Uh, I feel like this NFL offseason is in a weird way. I mean, you know, I guess there hasn't, hasn't been all... Um, positive news all the time especially you know regarding the bears but you know this nfl offseason has not failed to deliver as far as just kind of being constantly you know entertaining or at least seeking your attention there's been so much that's been going on um what the are the jaguars doing man (laughs) (laughs) that's been my most entertaining uh storyline that's nuts i mean it's uh what they have like 124 million dollars poured into zay jones christian (laughs) kirk and uh Evan Ingram, I think that's yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, dude, they they literally got like three replacement level players and spent their entire checkbook on them. I was like, bro, when I was reading that, I was like, what the hell? When I saw Christian Kirk, I think the actual cap number is like eighteen million per year, but like I think with incentives, it can get up to twenty one million per year. Yeah, which is ridiculous, especially when you consider that. Like, I'm not even. Not even the scheme of the Bears, but when you take that Allen Robinson was signed for fifteen million a year, yeah. like average, like, <laughs> and, and I, I would much rather have Allen Robinson. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that. Yeah, that's kind of the point I'm trying to make. I was like, it goes without saying, like that. It was just a unbelievable contract, you know. And uh, you know, people tied his name to the Bears quite a bit, um, especially as we were building up to the hype of free agency and. Well, the funny you know. thing, the funny thing that we were talking about is when we were going through our like offseason plans earlier in the year, we were talking about how Christian Kirk would be an overpay at $13 million per year. Do yeah. you remember that conversation? Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I mean, I do. You brought him up. And I was like, oh, yeah, but they're projecting 13 million. You're like, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> now he's getting paid almost damn near 20 million per year. You're like, OK, maybe on the contract that Juju just got. But, you know, like, you know. Even then, I'd probably that probably rather to have Juju. I don't yeah, know. call I, me I guess call I, me I crazy, but I think I, I would rather have Juju. I don't respect Christian Kirk's game that much. Maybe, maybe that's what it is, yeah. and, and maybe I, I'm overlooking him a little bit. But yeah, that was a crazy contract. Um, you know, Zay Jones me. too. Like, how did how the hell did Zay Jones get more money than Juju when Odell Beckham is still on the street right now? Given he has an injury, but also like Jarvis Landry is on the street. He's a slot receiver. I guess he's not as young as Christian Kirk, but like. I'd rather have Jarvis Landry right now, too. And I don't know, man. I think this is going to really bite them in the ass when it comes next year when they're like, oh, we're still pretty bad and we, you know, have no cap money. Yeah, Christian Kirk is not turning that Jaguars team around. That's that's for certain. And, you know, when we talk about, obviously, we had uh, a quick reaction that we posted on YouTube uh, to the Khalil Mack trade, but we're not talking about the Russell Wilson trade. Um, Deshaun Watson trade that news just broke today with yeah. 230 million fully guaranteed, uh, which is insane. Uh, we saw mm-hmm. the movement with Carson Wentz, which really was such a small storyline. But in like last year's offseason, Carson Wentz getting traded was one of the bigger um, news stories, you know, Seriously. As, far as, as far as it goes. So it just shows you just how crazy the scale has been of all these moves, just massive trades, teams. You know, trading multiple first round picks, you don't see that very often. (laughs) 
Seriously. All right. Well, before we get into the show, we're going to go ahead and read you what we're going to be going over today. Uh, But before we do, if you could please leave us a rating and review in the bottom of Apple Podcasts. Um, Give us, you know, five stars, please. Um, I know someone gave us four stars pretty recently. And as I said uh, previously, that person is officially dead to me. Um, and then also, Come on now, the, you know, like he was saying there was at least 80% good, you know, yeah. it's, it was a B. <laughs> All right. But five stars is what we want. Um, and if you leave us a written review, we will read it out on the podcast. Uh, we would give shout outs for the five star reviews without the review too. Um, but we don't get to know who's doing that. So go ahead, uh, leave your name, Instagram at, or whatever you want to do. And just, you know, tell us what you think about the show. Tell you what you'd like to hear more of. Uh, we really appreciate it. It, it helps the show grow tremendously. Literally, it's only going to take maybe even a minute, maybe more likely like 30 seconds. Um, and, and tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Um, and, and it does help us tremendously. So we'd appreciate that. But um, as far as the rundown today, we're going to be going over a little bit of NFL news. Obviously, Reese was just talking about a uh, very busy news week last week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the falling out of Larry Ojanobi. Uh, and then we're going to be getting into some of the Bears signings and, and just talking a little bit about the current Bears rumors that we've heard, uh, as well as some potential players that we think the Bears should sign at the end of the show. Um, so, so Reese, I, I, I think, uh, I, I think we, we kind of mentioned it in the, in the run up to the show, but Devonte Adams to the Raiders, man, Devonte yeah. Adams is a freaking Raider. No more having to watch him just absolutely burn us every single time we played him. Um, listen, it seems like this was something and, and Adam Schefter is saying that uh, a lot of it has to do that. It's like the team he wanted to play, like he like grew up liking and like he, he played with Derek Carr at Fresno state. Um, listen, I, I think a lot of this has to do with just like the disrespect from the Packers organization. Um, and I, it seemed like after last year, it kind of left a sour taste in Devontae's mouth uh, of the organization, how they were treating him, what they were offering him. Uh, kind of similar to what how maybe the Bears were handling the Allen Robinson situation, except Devontae Adams is, you know, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, so what ended up happening, and, and apparently Rodgers knew this, uh, the, the Packers ended up trading Devontae Adams for uh, the Raiders' first and second round pick this year. Uh, Packers... You know, even though I think it looks it looks bad, um, and I'm very happy that Adams is out of the NFL. I do think that this move could potentially be a positive in the sense that if they would have given him the 30 million a year contract that they were looking at, pretty, the Packers after this year would have just been an absolute shit show as far as like how their cap would be. I mean, their cap is already insane. Um, and you know, while it may not be a good win now move, and I, I don't even think that necessarily, uh, the Packers will win with Aaron Rodgers ever again, because they're still in cap hell right now, uh, even without Devontae Adams. Um, I, I, I do think that there are some positives that Packers fans, that being said, you just lost on Devontae Adams and the Packers are not going to be better at wide receiver next year. They're going to have a huge hole there. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, you know, tough. And obviously, when you're the best receiver in the league, it's kind of a luxury that you you really fall in love with. I mean, Devontae Adams did incredible things up there. And, you know, well, they never quite got to that ring. You know, certainly Rodgers and him had a 
you know, incredible connection. And, you know, before, before that you've probably felt like, Oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers will probably never have a connection like he did with Jordy Nelson. But I feel like even the Devante Adams was that, you know, just way better multiplied, you know, especially with the effectiveness. Um, yeah, I mean, no question that the, the Las Vegas Raiders got a good one. It's a little bit of an arms race that's going out in the AFC West right now. Um, everyone's really just kind of loading up to the hilt. It's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I think for the Packers, and I think you know when you look at it in the vision scheme, like yeah, they get two good draft picks, and they got compensation back for it. And like you said, in the long run, this would have put them in a, a real tough position, especially if it was a thirty like kind of million dollar contract. Would have really put them in a, a huge squeeze um, going to next off season. They're still in a bit of a pickle. Um, but you know, like you said, there will be a, a little bit of a drop off and I don't know how it necessarily like hurts or enhances like their Super Bowl chances. I mean, it definitely doesn't enhance it, but you know, they weren't really a team that was evidently knocking on the door last year. And, you know, in 2020, they had a good run at it, but kind of choked it away. Um, so, you know, it's really just tough to say how things work out with the Packers and, of course, they still have Aaron Rodgers, and you know he'll be around, and he's still playing at an elite level. Um, I mean, he just won the MVP for you know God's sakes, but two years in um, a row, back to back. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we'll see how it how it plays back out. And we didn't even mention too um, around the league. I don't know if it was on part of your thing, but uh, Brady coming back too. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, as well, that is that is crazy. <laughs> I. <laughs> it's kind of funny that as soon as Aaron Rodgers signs his contract, Brady comes back and Devontae Adams is immediately traded. <laughs> it's like it's like Packers Tough fans were like Packers fans were on top of the world for a minute and then like, ooh, we're gonna have to go against Brady again and ooh, now we just traded our best player on our team. Um listen, I I, I think that Devontae Adams um we met, I mentioned previously that he wasn't going to play on the tag. That just made too much sense um, that he wasn't going to play on the tag. Uh, it wasn't a surprise at all to me that as soon as he got tagged and was going to make an equivalent of what Christian Kirk was going to make next year, uh, that, that he was not going to be too pleased with that, especially because he's edging towards 30. He's almost 30. Um, and, and, pre- and pretty soon, I mean, this could, this is, uh, actually, I'm sure this is his last payday. And if he would have played on that franchise tag and hit free agency next year, being 30, I think his payday would have looked a little different as well. So, you know, I'm happy for Devonte Adams. This Packers team is, uh, is going to be worse next year for sure though. Like, uh, even if they get to, even if they use both those draft picks to, you know, go grab two wide receivers uh, in the top two rounds of the draft. I mean, they, I mean, wide receivers can take a little bit to develop. I mean, really, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are, are kind of anomalies in the NFL. Um, I think like any of these guys you get, and that's kind of been a critique I've had with the Bears as far as how they've addressed this past free agency too, um, is that it's just been, you know, it's a little, uh, you know, getting a wide receiver in the draft, which seems to be kind of the Bears plan as well takes them some time for the most part it can take them a year uh, and it's not always that immediate upgrade that you're expecting so um really i think that while there is benefits to this uh it 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 does suck for the packers i'd be very upset if i was a packers fan that it's definitely gonna be a tough pill for them to swallow um but yeah i mean 
So that's the way the NFL works, man. Is and that's what keeps it exciting. I've loved to see honestly kind of the reshuffling of talent that we've seen so far this offseason. Yeah, I agree. It's getting more and more like the NBA, especially with this like new trend of fully guaranteed contracts. Uh, so very exciting. The, the the most the Wilson went to the Broncos. Uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, um, I think it's good. Uh, it, it's good. It's good for the Broncos. You should be happy if you're the Broncos. Uh, but if I were the Broncos, I think uh, not include. Not including all the allegations against Deshaun Watson, I would have been a little bit bummed out. I missed out on Watson um, over Wilson. You know, like I like Russell Wilson, but Deshaun Watson's so much younger, and I think uh, he's really kind of like a future talent. And while Wilson is, you know, trying to make things happen in kind of like the last quality years, he's probably gonna have. Yeah, I think they both have question marks. You know, and I feel like yeah. with Russell Wilson, no one really quite want, quite wants to talk about it, but. Last year was not good for him. I know he yeah. was dealing with the hand injury, and that probably played a big part of it. But it was terrible, you know. And it's not when like the last time the Seahawks were competitive, man. Twenty eighteen, maybe. They were. They were. They had like one run in twenty nineteen in the in the playoffs. They got bounced by the Packers. But twenty eighteen, the Bears played them. We destroyed them. Um they weren't that good. 2017, what was going on with them there? They weren't really a threat. They, I mean, people. he puts up good numbers statistically, but, like, man, he's definitely a top 10 quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he's definitely not a top five quarterback. I And I think some people would, you know, argue heavily against that when say that he's top five and that he's been, like, top five every year. Well, not like probably his rookie season, but like, you know, once he really started hitting his stride. But, you know, like, I, I don't know. I'm not if I'm Denver. Yeah, of course, you're happy about it. They've had such abysmal quarterback play. It would it's kind of the same reaction that he would have gotten if he came here a year ago. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's elated. But I, I do think that, you know, he has a question mark. You know, we haven't seen him play his best ball in a little bit um and watson hasn't played in a year (laughs) you know and rust is a thing i i think watson will be able to shake it off and i think he's got great talent um i mean holy cow though man like 230 million fully guaranteed is a steep contract (laughs) Um, It, it definitely is but here's the thing is like and even all the draft capital you had to give up too but like I made this point, and like again, I I think the biggest question here has to do with the allegations against Deshaun Watson. Um, like, as an individual, is he someone you want on your team? And then outside of that, is he going to be suspended by the NFL? Because that's still a question. It's, it's um, very possible. Yeah, yeah, he could potentially miss all of next year. We don't know. Yep. Um, and then after that, then it's like two years off. I mean, I think he'll still be a good good quarterback, but the the. The big thing with Deshaun Watson, I made this argument, is let's say the Browns wanted to actually try to go get a quarterback. They would need to give up two first-round picks like we did for Justin Fields, you know? And in this year, they're not going to get that. Then they're resetting their timeline. They have all these players now. Let's just... So, like, now it makes a lot of sense to me, and I think there's a really solid move by the Browns, um, even given the draft competition, because, like, they can try to win now... This team may have like a three-year window before, you know, they, they're like their cap struck and they're having issues uh, with also like not being able to replenish their team with picks. But then after that, 
even after three years, Deshaun Watson's still like 28 years old. You have all your picks back. You can rebuild for a couple of years if necessary. And you still have Deshaun Watson under under 30 years old. Yeah. Where do you think Baker goes? <laughs> I think he's going to the Colts, man. That's, uh, that's kind of initial. I think that's an initial feeling that a lot of people had. Because the Colts are in a... Chris no, Ballard be, has questionable, questionable decisions when it comes real. to quarterbacks. Baker sucks, in, in my opinion. The Colts are in a bad spot, dude. I don't yeah. know how that organization is run. Um, <laughs> I, I don't get that. And they've been so quiet as far as like their offseason moves, too. They've done like nothing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's just, I, I think with the direction of that team, with the way that they've played, the way they went out last year, it's just, I don't yeah. know. They seem like a defeated team, man. <laughs> I don't know if there's any other way to put it. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see them scooping up Baker. Um, and maybe that would bring a little bit of different energy to them. Maybe they kind of need a quarterback like Baker, but you know, Baker is never going to be a top 10 quarterback in this league. I just, I think Baker he, sucks. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I think like, honestly, when you consider like the fact that you are going to need to re-sign him and get him a new deal I I see him as like a Trubisky level talent, man. Like I I think like it wouldn't have even made sense for like a team to trade for Baker when they could have just signed Mitchell Trubisky for like ten million a year. You know, like I I don't I just the the real uh, the Colts who I think the Colts should be targeting is Matt Ryan because apparently Matt Ryan's now potentially requesting a trade, which makes Maybe sense. And and I think that would make sense in a lot of ways. Um, as well or maybe you go after um jimmy garoppolo you know that that might make sense uh i don't know but it's going to be the same revolving door the bears have been stuck in forever if they they should have just you know traded up and drafted a quarterback last year that's why people are always like oh my god i can't believe we're giving up more draft capital dude the bears have have devoted some of the least amount of cap space and draft capital to the quarterback position in the 21st century out of any team. Like we had two first round, three first round quarterbacks now in the past uh, two decades, yeah. which is, which is insane. You know, I mean, they, they've, the bears have actually put so little resources to the quarterback position. It's the reason why, you know, they've struggled for so long. Seriously. <laughs> it's an inherent issue in the fact that they honestly would never draft any quarterbacks in the late rounds either. No. Like, you know, just Besides uh, Matt Barkley, right? Yeah, I remember Dan Lefever like way back when. <laughs> <laughs> Who was uh, the dude? Jimmy Clausen? Did we draft oh. him? No, that was a Panthers pick actually. Oh, the Notre yeah. Dame, I think. Yeah, but, but then, he he was with us for a little bit, man. Yeah, he was with us for a little bit. All right, man. I, th- this is a Bears podcast, guys. You know, we've always had interest in doing an all NFL podcast. So let us know if you'd like us to do that as well. Uh, but let's get into some of the Bears news. Something happened today, man. Uh, Larry Ojanobi. I hope I'm pronouncing his name wrong because I uh, honestly am not entirely sure. Um, Doesn't matter too much, though, because he ain't going to be part of the team. So, <laughs> Good point. Uh, Larry Ojanobi failed his physical. Uh, he was our big free agency signing that we got on the first day of free agency. We were going to give him a $13 million a year contract. I immediately really liked the signing. And this was mixed feelings from Bears fans. Actually, a lot of national Bears reporters were like, oh, my God, we're overpaying for Larry Ojanobi. Um, look at this. And, and I was like, dude, a really good three technique, 
Uh, like someone that could easily fill the shoes of someone like Akeem Hicks, 27 years old, coming off of a Super Bowl run. Uh, yeah, that, that was a pretty good pickup. He, he's good in run defense. He's good pass rushing. Had like nine sacks last year from the three technique spot. I just didn't understand how that was an overpay. Um, and even Adam Schefter called him one of the top defensive tackles in the game. Um, so anyways, a lot of people were like, oh my God. And this is classic Bears fans, right? The, the, the Bears are never right. This is like the Hubarkish side of the Bears, you know, Twitter, where it's like, oh my God, can you believe this happened? And then today when everyone, <laughs> when he fails the physical, everyone's like, oh my God, he failed the physical. Why didn't we sign this guy? And they're upset that we now didn't sign him. I'm like, bro, like Bears, as much as Eagles fans get, hey, Bears fans do not get nearly enough hate where it's just like the most reactionary, toxic, like just armchair quarterback thinking level of thinking in the game, man. That's just what a general lack of success will bring though. I mean, there's just no trust in the organization. So people second guess every move and, you know, I, I... you know, thirteen million at defensive tackle. You know, would I have liked to have seen that money on the offensive side of the ball? Sure, but this was definitely their big signing. You know, this was definitely Paul's biggest signing of the offseason. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, like you said, he's really good in the run, um, and he's just physical, um, pretty dominant. Pushes the offensive lineman back, which from that three technique spot, you want to see him pushing that guard right back into the quarterback on a pass rush, or you know, filling that a gap. Um, or oh man, it's been too long Dude, since I he, played football. He's, but he's good. He like the, at the end of the day, I mean, he's, he's a just, good player he, on a Super Bowl team. I mean, yeah, he was good. Um, and yeah, he was one of the important free agents that that defense did pick up. Um, <laughs> more important than someone like Eli Apple, but who is returning to the Bengals? But oh. um, yeah, I, I think that he was a solid pickup. It was unfortunate that he failed his physical, in my opinion, because I think he would have brought yeah. something to the defense. Um, especially just along that front line. And I think that it's just in the four, three, it's a little bit different. I've gotten so used to watching the three, four, this defense would run, but you know, you also need someone that's a little bit more versatile than just like your nose and the three, four, you know, you need to have a little yeah. bit more athleticism, you know, you want to need to get around the guard. And I think you have a better ability for, you know, actually being a factor in the pass rush in the four, three scheme. And I thought he brought a little bit of, a little bit of great play to both sides of it. So yeah, the it's unfortunate. Tec- the three technique defensive tackle is the most was one of the most important positions in a 4-3 because you lose that extra guy in the middle so you have to have that much more resources devoted to it i mean look at how much uh the the tampa buccaneers devoted to their defensive tackles you know they had vita vea who was amazing and they also had nadama kinsu who (laughs) you know he was older but still very good um doesn't really get too much better than that unless you got you know, Aaron Donald. But. Yeah. And it's like, that's how you build a championship level three, four D or four, three defense um, is having that. And then like specifically being really strong through the middle. It's an old it, classic football saying, but like the bears have been super weak. Like I remember when we had Vic Fangio, the bears were amazing through the middle of our defense. You know, we yeah. had Eddie Goldman who was playing at the top of his level. We we had both Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson. We had Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan, and, and then Nick Kwiatkowski as a backup. Man, that we we had a really good game through the middle. That was a three four though. 
Yeah, three, three, four. I know, but I'm just saying, yeah. like, even just like not even like well, being a four three, which makes it even more important. Just even like any defense, it's important to have that. Yeah, and you raise a great point. If you control the middle in football, then you can use the boundary to your advantage. So it's, you know, it's huge. And um, you know, if you had Roquan, Larry, and well, <laughs> maybe a, a prime Eddie Jackson, you know, everything would be looking, you know, more than good again. Except this team's not really going to be dropping one high safety too much. It's usually going to be too high. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, I think that it also I can see the vision where um, I know with. El Kadeen uh, Muhammad, right? That's his last mm-hmm. name. Yep. Yeah, El Kadeen Muhammad. I think he was someone that if you paired him with Larry, it was that's kind of a, a better pairing in mind to Justin Jones. The kind of a, you know break the news on that as well. Yeah. Where it's just like I could see the vision of that because you brought you brought up Tampa Bay where they have such a great interior presence and allow someone like Shaq Barrett who's not. Not a huge guy, a little bit kind of faster. He uses the body angle really well to get around the outside. You know, El Kadeen is no Shaq Barrett. But on the tape that I watched of him, it looked like oftentimes he's really good against mobile quarterbacks because he's good at kind of getting that release off of the tackle and tracking down the quarterback well. So, you know, I think if they were able to keep Larry, that would have worked out pretty well. But Yeah, and, you know, 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 to that point, little flex here. I was actually featured on NFL Network breaking down Shaq Barrett's film. And he Congrats. rarely he rarely got a double team. Rarely. Ever. Yeah. And, and it's that's easier in the fourth three. Exactly. Because you when you put so much pressure in the middle, I mean it, it, it draws a lot of pressure off those edge rushers. Dude, that would that that's you know it it really helps your edge rushers at the end of the yeah. day. It just really helps your edge rushers. Um, and, you know, I thought one of the most hilarious takes I saw all day was someone said Justin Jones is arguably better than, than yeah, Larry Ojanobi. And I, I saw that and I almost threw my phone. And I saw a little bit of that and, you know, almost sounds funny to say for someone that, you know, failed their physical. But for Justin Jones, health is a huge issue. Exactly. Um, That that was the other thing I was going to say. Yeah. Someone that's been on IR two, maybe even three times in his career. And with the chart, with the chargers, their run defense was a lot better when he was in it, but he was just hardly ever in the defense. And so they suck at run defense. Um, But he's a great run stopper. I think on the passing part of it, he's not going to bring as much of a factor. Um, and you know be as it may that's the way it goes if you're gonna have them i'm fine with having a defensive tackle um that's you know primarily a run stuffer guy but i think to make that leap and just to say that based on quality of deals and you know i'll I'll say that right now i think that you know with the strategy that polls has been deploying so far and i understand not wanting to get wrapped up in any kind of big regrettable deals i think that's been you know, kind of one of the themes of this Bears free agency. Um, but at, at some point, you have to take the shots on the players that that fit well. And it's been it's been clear, and I think it, it has mostly positive influence that, hey, okay, Getsy, you know, it's pretty obvious he's got a couple of his guys. You know, he got Patrick, he got St. Brown, and then now we brought in um, – uh, El Kadeen Muhammad. So that's kind of a little bit of that Eberflus connection, you know, mm-hmm. brought in Byron Pringle with Ryan Poles. Like everyone's kind of getting like their guy. And I think it's 
good because it seems like everything will kind of fit in more, which in this past naggy pace era, it was kind of a bunch of guys just thrown on a team together and nothing fit the vision and the coach wouldn't adapt. So it was overall a nightmare. Um, but I just hope that we, we kind of get some players that are game breakers, you know? Yeah. And when you take Larry compared to Justin Jones, like you, you had a game breaking type defensive tackle and you kind of get someone that, that fits the mold well for the defense, but you know, what's his impact going to be? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, what's the impact on the rest of the players on the defense? Is he someone that's really going to elevate their play? Um, and so. not only, not only a game game breaker, but he was, and I mean, maybe game breaking is like, he's not like an Aaron Donald, obviously, but he's a, he's no. a very good three technique defensive tackle. And he made a lot of meaningful plays throughout the Bengals playoff run. Uh, I know he got injured towards the end of it, but also just in the regular season, um, Listen, like he was just a guy that was going to set the tone. I mean, he was also like a Bears culture fit. Ryan Ryan Poles was raving about, um, and he was young too. He was a young upcoming player. Now, I'm actually going to even say this: I don't even think this rules out assigning Larry Ojanobi. It just means that he's not coming in on that deal. I think there's still very real interest from the Bears, and I understand it. Some people are taking this as if like Ryan Poles messed up. Like, no. Ryan Poles probably made the right decision that like, I mean, we want to look back at Ryan Pace. One of the critical errors he made was signing Pernell McPhee his first year. Yep. And he overlooked serious concerns about his knee um, that, that came up in the physicals. <laughs> so like when you're devoting 13 million a year over three years, that's a big contract. And if things don't check out, um, it's just not what you want. I think from what I've heard, I I think that it it was linked to his foot. Some people were speculating that it wasn't linked to the foot. I think it was. And I don't think it was necessarily a concern for like timetable, but potential for like nagging future injury, yeah. um, which, which is a huge, con- which is obviously like a huge concern. So Listen, Ryan Poles didn't do anything wrong here. This is just an unfortunate situation for both the Bears and Larry. Um, I I mean, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, and you're right. Ojanobi could come back on, you know, what could even be a more team-friendly deal. We'll just have to see how it shakes out. Um, But it's just not a guarantee at this point. Yeah. Yeah, so I was pretty excited about it, but. You know, sometimes this is just the way it goes. I mean, like, he's certainly not the first NFL player that's failed the physical. No, no. And he won't (laughs) be the last either. Uh, That's for sure. All right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of want to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, just about kind of the the methodology that before we go into the individual signings, because we're going to talk all about these guys. So don't worry. We're going to talk about it. But, like. How would you so far like rank the like rate the approach of Ryan Poles? Because to me, uh, I'll go ahead and, and say this: I think that he's taken a very measured approach, and it, it kind of reminds me of what you were talking about earlier in the in the season, Reese, when you were saying that you don't necessarily want this to be like the big like oh he's going to go out and sign these huge names and bring in these guys so we can win. Now you kind of wanted him to take more of a measured approach. Um, and so far, I think that's kind of what he did. And I, I really appreciate that he is super heavily emphasized getting younger. Like all these players are, are very, very young. Yeah. Um, and, and all of them are higher upside guys, you know. Uh, we're, we'll get into everything, but I, I do appreciate that. And to me, this offseason, 
I think the criticism that you can make of it, and I've definitely had this criticism, is you can say, where have the Bears really improved? You know? Yeah. The, yeah. And it's like, it's like the, the question is like, have they improved in certain areas? Yes. But more so, I think the benefit of this offseason, not necessarily improvement, but getting younger and depthier at every position. Yeah, there's certainly a lot more depth. And I think that that's just kind of how this staff is going to be, I think, especially with Iberflus as a coach. Um, I, we're still learning a lot more about polls as he goes along here. We haven't gotten to his first draft yet. Um, but I, I think it's pretty clear to see the approach. And it's definitely conservative. I mean, it's been fairly conservative. I think they don't want to sink their money into any um, huge contracts, especially if it's an older player. Um, like you said, they're getting guys that are all in their 20s, really, um, that can continue to Young make an 20s. impact. Yeah, I mean, like under 26, um, which has been positive. I like to see that that move. I mean, what the Bears were the oldest team in the NFL last year, mm-hmm. right? I yep. believe so. So, and you wouldn't even think, I mean, if you're going to be one of the older teams in the NFL, you'd think you'd be contending. Um, so it's clear they need to make some differences. And I think that my gripes have been just like missed opportunities. I would like to see a little bit more money put on the offense. You know, I think you can take a chance on a couple of guys here and there you know i think that mainly that draws to you know offensive line and wide receiver guys but they eventually made a couple moves there and i think i was able to kind of understand that okay maybe they want to try to fill the rest of the gaps of the draft um but there was a minute for a while like on wednesday i was kind of just sitting there i was like man like we're not gonna be able to get like we're not gonna be able to get five receivers in the draft you know <laughs> um but I, I think overall, like we knew that they were going to be bigger players kind of with the second tier of guys, third tier of guys. They weren't going to be going, you know, swinging for the fences and they don't necessarily need to be. Um, at the same time, though, you want to take advantage of Justin Fields rookie contract. I get that. Um, but they were never a player or two away from turning this all around. You know, it just that yeah. was never that situation. I think there's also been a really conservative effort into bringing in guys that are great culture fits. Like I've, I've been thoroughly impressed even with the press conferences they did today at just seeing how these guys talk compared to some of the guys that Ryan Pace would bring in. These guys are, are guys that are, are passionate about the game, more aggressive, bigger, more athletic. Like they're not just, they're not just kind of introverted guys, you know? Specifically, the the person that impressed me was Lucas Patrick. Um, watching his interview um, and just talking about, you know, and, and also hearing what uh, Matt Lafleur had to say about him as well, which we can get into more when we're actually going through the signings. But um, I've really appreciated that about this. Like, I think that this has also been just like a lot of people were upset by guys like Bilal Nichols and James Daniels leaving the team and finding deals elsewhere. But I just think. Poles wanted a different culture and in order to get that different culture he needed some turnover you know yeah, what we I had mean, wasn't like, working yeah and of course a new coaching staff can change things but i think that you know we're all begging for things to change at the end of the season you can't can't be all upset when things start to change literally, you know? <laughs> literally seriously man that is literally bears fans when Poles gives them exactly what they want they're like Oh my God, what is going on? What is he doing? Yeah. And you're like, I mean, I people are all like, oh yeah, we should be players in like second, third wave free agency, set ourselves up for next year. And then when he does it, they're like, oh, oh, yeah. 
I know. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a lot of things going on. And honestly, that's just kind of like I think social media has kind of brought that all into play where it's just like people see the reactions of things right away. And like even you look on like Twitter and like people don't know the names of these guys. And like, oh, like people are asking, like, oh, is this a win? You know, and it's like, oh, my God, you're going to wait for some random guy to tell you if this was a good signing or not. Like, yeah, sure. Go off of that. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of the reactionary nature of everything. But yeah, I've never seen so many, you know, Bears fans, you know, flock to the flock to the fandom of, you know, James Daniels. You know, it's like, oh, where Seriously. is this at? You know, <laughs> but it, you know, is James Daniels a good player? Yeah, sure. I think he's mostly deserving of the contract that he got. But this Bears offensive line was was not good. And, you know, unfortunately, we have to keep a couple players around just because they're tied down on bigger contracts. But, um, you know, for the most part, we want to turn over. We want things to change. So you, you got to let these players go. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think it was I, – I, a lot of people were expendable because of the scheme change. You know, I think, you know, sure. Would Bilal Nichols possibly have a fit in this four, three scheme? I think so. But um, at the same time, you know, the coaching staff has a better idea of the exact players they want in there. And, you know, if they're going to get someone that's going to be equally as cost efficient, then they're going to bring that player in that they'd rather have. It's, it's simple as that. I agree. And I think that a lot of the guys we brought in are on great deals. And that's something I've been really, happy about young good deals um but overall and, and we'll we'll get into the signings now um i'm a little and i'm gonna ask you to grade them as well reese because I, I i gave him some grades and when i was looking through it i'm kind of like my grades are a little all over the place like i really like some of the signings and i really didn't like others um but let's go ahead and start off with byron pringle uh 28 year old 61 uh bigger by dude operated primarily out of the slot um kind of operated and not necessarily like a future role, but uh, a depth role. Um, a lot of people are taking this signing and saying that he's going to be like a depth guy for us. I don't, I really don't think so. I, I, I view him right now as the starting slot receiver for this team. Yeah. And, it's a wide receiver three, I think. Like, yeah. That's, that's and pretty I think, evident. And I think he's good. I mean, he had five touchdowns, which is infinitely more than Allen Robinson had and, 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 and many more than Darnell Mooney had last year <laughs> i think that a lot of us you know especially with how much you know the chiefs have been in the playoffs and playing in the postseason a lot of national television games i think a lot of us have seen byron pringle play and i think there's a lot of things on tape he always that, popped up on the broadcast yeah he's always catching footballs and i there's not a lot of things where i go like oh man that was a terrible moment for him it was usually him catching you know touchdowns or making an impact play and you know, to make an impact in an offense that has Travis Kelsey and, you know, Tyreek Hill and even above him, McCole Hardman, all these different receivers, talented players. Um, and in years beforehand, right? Who else did they Do they have Sammy Watkins, like yeah. 2020? You know, he's always had Josh other Gordon. people. Yeah, other people above him. So it, it, he still managed to make an impact. I think that I like that he's a slot receiver. He's still over six foot. He's got good speed. Honestly, he's not a slow guy at all. Um, honestly, his speed is part of what makes him who he is and fairly reliable hands from what I've seen. I haven't mm -hmm. seen him drop too many passes. Um, not like I've been scouring the tape of him, but honestly, it's probably one of my gets open. I, I, I like this signing. It's probably one of my favorite signs. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, um, but I definitely grade it in something like a, you know, a B at least a solid B. Yeah. I don't know if I'm willing to go to like a B plus or anything, but I like it. 
I gave it a B plus, man. I also like that Poles knew him prior, obviously coming from Kansas City. I think that was a big reason why he came here. I I just I remember like whenever I turn on the Chiefs games, man was always getting catches, and like even though Anthony Miller probably rightfully deserved to get cut, like we really missed having that like true slot receiver, and I think Pringle is that guy. I think he is that slot receiver that we need. Um, and especially if we can get some uh, a couple good perimeter guys in the draft, I, I think that he could have a very productive season. And, you know, I, honestly, like when you're talking about the slot, obviously like Cooper Cup is like the quintessential, like super productive guy, but you don't need a Cooper Cup. I mean, if he could just tack on an extra 200 yards, total yards and catch a couple extra touchdowns, that would be a huge success. Uh, like 700 yards, seven touchdowns, man, that'd be perfect. No, that would be, oh, yeah, that would be more than enough, honestly. I mean, you know, 700 yards, but if you can put on seven touchdowns, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah, love to see that. Yeah, so I gave him a B plus. Uh, he's 28. Okay. I wish he was a little younger. Um, you know, 28 is, is you know, I, I, he's definitely going to, I don't know if he's going to be a guy that's in, like, the long-term future, but as far as, like, a, a guy that can improve, help Justin Fields next year, I think it's a good signing. Uh, next you, guy. You need, yeah. a, and sorry to cut you off, but you need a couple of those guys too. Like, um, you know, do they need to go shell out and get a top receiver to make Justin Fields happier this year? Probably not, but they need to put some people around him that at least make life bearable. So, <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. The next guy we're going to talk about is one of my lower graded guys, Equinemius St. Brown from the Packers. Uh, truthfully, you know, a lot. Okay, let me say this. His contract is to be a depth player. Like he's going to be like a bottom of the roster wide receiver guy, right? So I'm not going to make an overly big deal about this signing, but I'm not a fan <laughs> of this F. signing. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a fan <laughs> of this signing though. You know, I like... He was really hyped up when he was coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, for you, those of you who don't know, he's also the brother, the older brother of Amon Ross St. Brown, who plays on the Lions right now. Um, you know, he's a big guy. He's like 6'5". He's got good speed for it, which is like those two things. You're like, okay, good. His route running is pretty solid, but he really rounds his routes. So he's not very like, he doesn't really have that good like lateral twitch ability. Um, and it can kind of make his route running pretty predictable. Uh, so because of that, and he's like been very little productive over the past two years. Listen, I think that this is mostly like just getting a guy that Luke Getze knows can have a role in a scheme because he's been around him. Um, but overall, man, like this is like a D signing to me. I've I, like, I really don't, don't get hyped up for equanimity of St. Brown. Yeah, and like a spread with four or five wide outs, you know, he's got he's got a role and he's a bigger body. So if you get that size mismatch, you know, you it can be favorable. But yeah. he's certainly a depth wide receiver and like you said, a special teamer um, too. So he's going to bring value there as well. I definitely don't love it. I, I think I'm probably straight up great at like a C. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, <laughs> I was happy to have a wide receiver signed at that point. Um, not so much those Equinemia St. Brown. Um, like you said, not quite as good as his brother, um, but had a little bit of hype. He's like a six-round draft pick, though, so he wasn't like crazy, or at yeah. least when the draft time came around, people started to realize. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's an okay pickup. I think that, you know, 
Will we hear his name called? I think we'll hear a call a couple of times, but I wouldn't expect them to be going out there um, and kind of make some huge evolution into, you know, some kind of, you know, top three wide receiver on a team. Um, mm. But, you know, if he can get 200 yards this coming year, that'd Great be fantastic. Success. Great yeah, success. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, the next guy, another Packers player, Lucas Patrick. Um you know, he played a lot of starting roles because of different injuries and he played most he played amongst the three interior uh lineman spots. So he played center in both guard positions. Um and you know, this guy, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers have just raved about him as a person and also just like how well he operated this line as a center, as a guard. Um called him a like a true glue guy, true glue guy for culture as well. Um, and, and you know, he is, in my opinion, like the definition of like an average center that gives you a lot outside of the football, outside of actually even playing too. Like he's aggressive in the way he plays. Um, and for the deal he got, man, I just, I think this is a great, just like a great deal. Only 28 years old too. Um, so I, I view him as our starting center. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think he's certainly a step up over uh, over Mustafer. Um, but and I, I think that he's got good ability to get to the second level. I've seen that in some of his tape um, ability to to block one guy and then move on to the next block, which is just something that we haven't seen from the Bears' offensive line all too much. They're not really great at you know kind of moving up the field and, and being more dynamic on running plays, especially. Um, so I think that he's going to bring a certain level of that and also just consistency as well. I think he's been fairly healthy during his career, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he'll be able to bring some good steadiness. And I think that, you know, it's also good to have a quarterback that's worked with, uh, or not quarterback, a center that's worked with a more experienced quarterback, I think, um, helps kind of give them the inside edge, maybe know some things that they should be looking out for as well. Um, so I think he can bring some of that to the table and help Justin out there um, in that right. But, yeah, I think overall this is a pretty solid signing. I, I'd probably rate him another B. Um, I, I think you could probably easily call him a B plus um, with the contract that he got as far as value. Um, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, he's certainly not a future Pro Bowl or all pro center. Um, but I think that he's really going to help solidify, you know, the center, the middle of that line there. All right, yeah, completely agree. I think this is going to be good. He's going to be one of those guys that, like, he's he's like, I think he's not going to, like, pop up on your screen. Like, he's not, like, this, like, top-the-end center, but he's definitely a guy that you won't recognize, which is just huge when you're playing offensive yeah. line, you know? Oftentimes, it's like being a corner, you know? Like, Jalen Johnson isn't a guy that pops off your screen all the time, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's a, a very strong point. You know, sometimes it pays not to be noticed. Yeah. All right. So then the next guy we signed, Justin Jones, who we got into only 25 years old, former third round draft pick. Chargers fans seem to be a little upset. They lost him, but they kind of understood because of his injury issues that we got into earlier in the show. Um, listen, I think he's a decent young piece. I I just I it's difficult because I'm bummed out because of Ojanobi. Yeah, it's difficult. I'd probably call it a C plus off the rip um, because I think that if he was someone that was routinely healthy, he could easily be a B. Um, but it, you know, just the injury history, it, it does not inspire confidence. You know, I yeah. don't have much confidence that he'll be able to 
to stay healthy in that right. So hopefully, you know, his role is, you know, he's able to kind of be in the rotation and the Bears can kind of keep a rotation at the inside of the of the defensive line there in the interior because I, I wouldn't put full trust on him to go out there for 17 games and, you know, it, it, especially anything further Show than out. that to consistently, you know, perform and stay healthy. So um, I think just because the injury concerns, you have to have to put it below a B on this one. Yeah. I also completely forgot to even put on this list that we also signed Nicholas Morrow uh, for the, from the Oakland Raiders, who wasn't really a starter, but when he played, he, he was pretty impressive. And also Oakland fans were pretty upset because they thought with uh, that Kwiatkowski was going to get cut and he'd kind of take over the more role. He's more of a hybrid type of player. I think he played a lot. I think he came either came into college or came into the NFL playing safety and converted into it. And outside of just like being a good tackling guy and being athletic, uh, Raiders fans will lead you to believe that he's one of the best coverage linebackers. Um, and, and for the price we paid, I mean, I, I think that's really solid, really solid signing. Yeah. He missed what last year? Oh, by injury. Yeah, he missed uh, some games. But by the way, I want I want to also make a point uh, real quickly. Justin Jones, I gave a C minus. Um, but yeah, I think he I, I think uh, um, Morrow missed. I can't remember how many games. Yeah, and I think that you know certainly having someone that's uh, you know reliable in coverage, especially in the four three. I mean, controlling the middle um, is a huge deal when you're going to be playing the cover two out of the four three. Um, so I think that, you know, picking up someone that's definitely, you know, more reliable in coverage is a, is a huge gain. Um, and, and really, as long as we get two solid guys to put next to Roquan Smith, I'm going to feel pretty good because, you know, Roquan is going to be able to hold it down. Mm-hmm. So he started 11 of the 16 game, 17 games last year, um, and he okay. appeared in 14 games. So a guy that does have a little bit of injury concern as well. Um, but, but yeah, th- three sacks too. So I, I view him... I think we'll find another guy in the draft or uh, later to be our kind of like our linebacker two per se. Uh, we don't really know who's going to be like, you know, designated inside versus outside linebacker, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we won't know any of that really till training camp because uh, of the scheme change. Um, but he will, he will certainly be, um, I feel like, like the third best linebacker on this team. Yeah. So more than likely a spot at that, you know, Will or Sam. Yeah. So. All right. Well, then the next signing, what would you grade it? I mean, I'm going to I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to give it a B. I'm not, I'll right, get, B minus. I'm not super yeah. like enthusiastic about it, but, you know, I think it, it was needed. I'm between a C plus and a B minus on it because I think that the effectiveness um, is certainly up more into that B range. Um but yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, someone that if they make everyone kind of runs into an injury patch at some point. Um, so you just hope that's kind of not the start of something more major uh, there. For sure. All right. And then the next guy, Al Quadin Muhammad um, from the Colts. Uh, this this is my favorite of the two defensive line signings. Uh, Eberflus, all Colts fans like knew this signing would happen apparently because supposedly Eberflus is like in love with this guy. <laughs> like this is like one of his like favorite players oh, that he's coached. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he had a career year last year with like seven sacks, a young player, high upside played at the U 
Uh, so, you know, he has a little bit of that you mentality, you know, that aggressiveness swagger, and that yeah. swagger. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I think uh, getting a young guy off of a career year, seven sacks, uh, to be just like a rotational pass rusher for your team, also in a scheme that you know he's going to succeed in, that's an A signing for me, especially at a low, uh, you know, was it, AAV signing, average annual value. Yeah. He reminds me kind of like a Joey Bosa with like without all the technical refinement, you know. Yeah, I think. But as far as like you know body type, body type, and the way that he gets after the court, yeah, build and the way that he gets after the quarterback, um, pretty fast. I mean, I I watched some tape of him, you know, sacking Lamar Jackson while he was trying to roll and scramble out of the pocket. So he's someone that can keep up and and -hmm. holds the edge really well. Um, so I think that this is a pretty solid sign. I'll give it a B. Um, I like what I've seen of him. Honestly, I did not know all that much about him before we signed him. Mm-hmm. Um, but after I did a little bit of looking back, um, I was pretty impressed with what I saw. I, I don't think that he's like a showstopper. Um, mm-hmm. it's interesting too. Maybe you could even say kind of like a little, kind of like Leonard Floyd too, in a way. Yeah. I think it, what I like about this signing is I was a little bit concerned with like the depth at edge rusher now that Mac is gone, but I'm pretty confident that even if we don't add a guy in the draft that Al Quadine and uh, Travis Gibson will be able to, you know, share that other side of the line across from Robert Quinn and, and at least be average there. That, that's know? a good rotation, you know, yeah. and with, Jeremiah you know, Tachu, who who got injured before, really at the beginning of last season, we didn't see much of, but had a great year before we signed him. Yeah, and you really figure that if at least like one of the two between Gibson and Muhammad takes off and has a great year, that's overall a win. And yeah, yeah you're right. That's not even factoring in someone like Atachu who we didn't really get to see that much of. Yeah. So the next and really the final signing, I mean, we didn't, I don't know if we ever talked about Darrington Evans, us claiming him, um, running back from Tennessee Titans, um, third round pick, uh, got kind of claimed from, because he was having injury issues there, was never a talent issue, just kind of had injury issues when he was with the Titans. Um, So we did claim him if you guys, if we didn't mention that previously in a different podcast, Uh, but we also claimed the Titans fullback. Uh, Kyari blazing game. Um, you know, I, I, I actually really like this signing funny enough. Like I, I, this is like one of the, like, I think we harped so much on Ryan pace for not getting just like big fast backs, you know, like, and that's, that's what Kari blazing game really is, is he's just this big fast dude. And you know what I loved so much about this pick when I was looking over his film, he executed so much of the like he was well obviously he's a fullback so he blocks quite a bit but not only that but you know the like the little you know block to you know like if you're getting if you're getting blitz you have that little dump off option dude he was doing that perfectly and that's exactly the role i want him in and i don't know why the little chip and then uh out into the flat yeah (laughs) i I don't know why ryan why matt specifically matt Nagy never did that for justin fields when you have a bad offensive line and you're getting blitzed all day long. Like that's like the most like blitz killers are like the most common sense thing to implement. Um, and, and this tells me we we will have some of those, thankfully. Um, and I, you know I like it. Just a big fast dude. I like having a fullback. Fullbacks, you know, they still exist. Um, and I, I think it's I think it's good. It's funny because he uh, Matt Lafleur really wanted uh, a fullback as well. 
you know so i think he is taking some inspiration from it there he's gonna be nice to have on like the goal line you know even if it whether it be a play action or you know even possibly rolling out. the ball lead blocker i mean it, it kind of you know the bears really struggled in the red zone so i was quite happy to see that signing honestly i mean um <laughs> i guess for value sure i'll give it like a b honestly uh, i don't know what his injury history is and i haven't watched an incredible amount of them but damn for a fullback that man had some wheels you know yeah, seriously <laughs> yeah, and the man is honestly fast <laughs> he's kind of in this like like people say the fullback is kind of like a dead position but he's kind of in this like hybrid fullback role that is kind of popping up with like the Shanahan inspired schemes. Like uh, who, I mean, who's that fullback that's on, on the 49ers. It's like been the highest paid fullback for like 10 years straight or whatever. It's like who's Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. Jersey. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I can't remember his name, but um, listen, like it is important. It is important in that scheme because it's so heavily based off like play action. And, and, uh, I, I think that he is going to fit that role perfectly. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna give it a B. Cause I mean, how, how can you really give a player that you don't like, like that isn't like a major name in a, but like, I, I'm really happy with the signing. He, he, he's not a traditional fullback in the sense where he's just going to be a lead blocker all the time. And I'm sorry for all you null narcissists that believe that Ryan Null was going to be the next big thing. Uh, he is not going to be on the team anymore. <laughs> oh man. It's the end of an era, you know? Yeah. I do kind of question how secure Ryan Poles feels at the running back position though, because there is questions with like how much David Montgomery will fit into an outside zone scheme. Uh, rather, you know, like, I, I feel like we, I kind of feel like we may draft a running back this year. And with the 39th overall pick, <laughs> the bears take Brees hall, you know, dude, you, I laugh <laughs> at that, but I would, if we get like Brees hall in the third round, I'd be hyped, bro. I love that running back. I mean, in like the third his round comp, or later, his comp but... is Matt Forte, man. That's oh. what that's what NFL uh You got everyone across the city uh, singing their praise. I, you know? I know. Another <laughs> Iowa State. It worked out with David Montgomery. Right. Yep. Funny. Um all right. What game was it this year in college football? He went off though. Was it their Brees upset Hall? over Baylor? I think it was. Like, that dude, man just dude, went he's, crazy. <laughs> he's a beast. And honestly, he's like he's strong. He has good vision. He reminds me of like a David Montgomery that's like bigger but also like faster too. Like he, he like so better. his, athletic, yeah, <laughs> no, seriously, like his athletic profile is like so much better than David Montgomery's. And he has a lot of the same, like, you know, decisiveness when it comes to cutting and contact balance. And, um, I think it could be a good fit there. I'm also interested to see how much I think it's, I love David Montgomery. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm so happy cause he's such a good leader and he's like such a good person. And, uh, but like, I do kind of wonder if uh, Khalil Herbert just steals that job from him this year, especially with the we'll outside see. zone switch. We'll see it because it brings up the bigger question is, you know, does David Montgomery get another contract here? No way. No. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but yeah. Uh, any final yeah. thoughts on the free agent class so far? None. Great. How would you rate it so far? <laughs> How are you feeling? How are you feeling over this? How am I feeling about it? Yeah. 
you know, overall, I'm feeling all right about it. You know, I, I'm feeling okay. Um, I, you know, I wasn't expecting anything too major. Uh, I, I think overall, what I can agree with is kind of the methodology with how they're going about building this. Do I agree with every single move? Absolutely not. You know, I yeah. definitely, I, I would not say that, but I, I think I see the vision, the way they're starting to pull some of these things together and, you know, I, I get they're getting a lot of effort guys, but I think that overall it's just a more conscientious build of the team. Like mm-hmm. we're getting players that even if they are role players, like it's a role that's needed and is actually going to be fulfilled for once instead of just kind of getting names and trying to make things fit, which is kind of mm-hmm. just how things have been recently. And they're also young and have upside too. Like that's yeah. the biggest thing is like a lot of like when we like, for instance, signed Jimmy Graham, we knew exactly who he was going to be. And we knew that we were overpaying for him and we knew he yeah. wasn't going to get back better. You know, he, yeah, it wasn't that exciting. You know, honestly, I was not excited about Jimmy Graham. No, I wasn't either. And I I am, I am happy uh, so far with it. I, I just, I want to see a couple I do want to see a couple more signings. Like I want to see something more notable. I want to see something more notable on this offensive line. And that kind of brings us to the next rumors, which are about the bears being interested in both Teron Armstead and Tyron Matthew. As I kind of said, I, 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 while I like the free agency class, I don't mind it. I still feel like we're missing something. And I think that either one of these guys or both of them, I think could kind of, fit what we need right now um Teron Armstead obviously I mean sure he has injury concerns um he averaged like 10 games a year I I I know that's a concern but dude if we had Teron Armstead this offensive line would go from a bunch of chumps to a legit offensive line we've talked about this for you know a long time the, the way that you could do this is essentially move Tevin Jenkins over to right tackle. Or some people even said potentially move him to guard because some teams liked him at guard too. So move him to, to guard and then have either Borum, have Borum play the opposite slot of him. And then you just have a guy that you know you can trust. You don't need to have additional assistance for your left tackle to protect your quarterback's blind slide. You give Justin Fields the confidence. And if the the one thing that I did not want the Bears to cheap out on this offseason was offensive line. I think he'd be a home run signing if we can somehow get him. And then Tyron Matthew... Uh, the big reason why we have rumored interest in Tyron Matthews is because Ryan Poles really respects him. Uh, apparently, he's a culture setter. Um, you know, obviously, his place his play speaks for himself. Having him and Eddie Jackson would be amazing. It also helped you know solidify that middle that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, that's so important in this four three defense. Um, man, either one of these guys, I just feel like would be perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm completely with you on Teron Armstead. I think that, you know, he has injury history, which is definitely a concern. But I think that, you know, he would definitely bring this offensive line to a different level. And, you know, I don't have an issue with playing Tevin Jenkins at right tackle. I don't know. So I can't speak for the guard, but I think at right tackle, he'd be, um, you know, more than sufficient. I think to have Teron Armstead on left hand tackle or left uh, tackle would be. Amazing for this offensive line. Be great to have on Justin Fields' blind side. Um, and really, he's still, even though he's in his 30s, you know, he's still playing at a high level when he is out on the field. 
I'm curious though. I mean, if, as far as Teron Matthew though, I mean, I, for this team right now though, I don't know if that makes. I mean, yeah, he's a great fit, but like, I don't know, man. You really think we should go out there and try to like splash Teron Matthew? Well, I don't think that would necessarily cost a lot. And I think that he's kind of like the ideal bridge guy, you know, like he's 29, so he could play for, you know, three, four more years. Um, and I, I, while he may not necessarily, he could get in a couple runs with us if, you know, everything works out well, Justin Fields works out well, uh, but more so, I think just like changing the tone of how this team is. You know, that's the biggest benefit of having a Tyron Matthew. Like, he would instantly become that quarterback of the defense. I know what you mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, he'd certainly bring the defense to a different level and, you know, hopefully would even raise, you know, Bojack's play as well. Um, I, I mean, I don't have any doubt in his skill and where he's at today. I don't know where he'll be, you know, in two years or so mm-hmm. as far as where his performance is at. Um, but I guess on a short term, I could see the value in it as far as being someone that's a culture setter for this team and, you know, for where they want to be. Um, I would just question if, you know, Tyron Matthew wants to be in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but I guess at this point, he'd probably, you know, still doesn't have a contract yet. So he's probably looking to play somewhere. <laughs> and we're we're going to get into this when we talk about the free agents that we're still interested in. But like the safety market is super oversaturated right now. Like, none of the safeties have been signed. There's some decent safeties out there, and none of them have been signed. Yeah. So. I think it's just partially because of how strong, you know, kind of in the secondary, too, that this draft is. Yeah. As well. Good point. All right. Let's go ahead and, and talk a little bit about the last topic of the show. Who should the Bears be in on? And we'll leave Teron Armstead and Teron Matthew on, you know, on the sideline uh, since we just talked about them. But who, what name, give me a couple guys you think that we should really be considering right now. I think at guard, um, and honestly, I really didn't even take a look at like Spotrack to see how much it would take to pull him in. But I think as far as a fit goes, and I haven't really heard too many people talk about him, Eric Flowers. Yeah. I'd be happy with it. Honestly, I I think that, you know, his play last year was, was fairly good for them. And he was someone that kind of like, uh, especially that Lucas Patrick showed when I was watching his tape is his ability to get to the next level too. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in pass protection, if you know the the rush is moving away from him, if he's one of the linemen that's you know left without anyone to block, he's moving over, shuffling over quick to get a double team um, to kind of pick up the rest of the pieces. I, I think he's got good game, overall good size, and I think he's kind of got the athleticism that um, Poles wants to to build this offensive line like. Yeah, for sure. Who's your other guys? Andy's, Andy's like 26 or 27, I think. So he's oh, yeah. not that old. Well, he was also drafted like insanely high. Was What was his draft pick? He was like third overall or something, wasn't he? Yeah, he may have been. And I think that... Where did he play he, college ball at? I'm blanking. I can't remember. Was LSU? he drafted by Miami? He was drafted by the Jaguars, maybe. Let's go ahead and look it up. This is why we need a producer. We're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. 2015. Was he drafted by the Giants? Giants. He was ninth overall. Ninth overall by the Giants. Yes. Okay. So he was drafted really high. And he played at Miami. 
man, I said LSU, but yeah, you're right. It was my, he played at Miami. That makes sense why he thought Miami drafted him. Um, and he was on Miami in 2020. Um, cool. I mean, I would be happy with him. Who's your other players? We'll go all of yours and then we'll go all mine. Okay. Um, and then my other, other player. And I think this one might take you back a little bit. I've always been a fan, at least of his game, you know, at least oh, of I'm Cole afraid. Beasley. Cole Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, though. Look. The I man needs to spend more time on football than tweeting about freaking vaccines, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And that's not even, I don't even want to talk about that part of it. <laughs> like, you know, he's, he's, you know, it is what it is. But I think as far as like his ability to bail out a quarterback, wouldn't that be great on yeah. like the five yard line for Justin Fields or on like a, on a third and seven? Cole Beasley's your guy, bro. Like, that man can run a nice little out route right to the sticks. And and I think that as far as – I'm not even sure what it would take to bring him in, but as someone that you're bringing in as a situational kind of receiver, dude, he's he's tough to guard, man. He's slippery. Before, Like, before this year, he was also considered, like, one of the top slot receivers in the NFL. He was injured almost all this year, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and and I remember like he was making like a lot of you know waves last the previous year in Buffalo. I'd be fine with. I remember it. him with Dak. Honestly, he wasn't. When was he with Dak? He was in the Cowboys. He was the he was the Cowboys before the Bills. You're right, but I didn't realize it for some reason. I thought they didn't overlap. You're, but you're right. You're right. He was on the Cowboys. Who was the who was the running back? Uh, that who was the running back before Ezekiel Elliott on the Cowboys? Demarco Murray. Demarco Murray, man. I I I, I always like remember him. I always forget that he. Uh, then he went to the Titans. Yes, and did he did he do well? No, right. Not really. Yeah. Wow, crazy. It's crazy how things change in the NFL. I think it's like yeah. three only three players on the Bears right now are from the 2018 team, which yeah. is kind of crazy too. Um, all right. Do you have anyone else? Yes, I did. Russell Douglas. Oh man. I was going to mention him. Hell yeah. Yep. Russell Douglas. Um, I think as far as just value, he had a banger of a year last year, what, yeah. four or five picks and the number of games that he played. And he was brought in on a pinch for green Bay cause they were strapped at corner. Um, I think for still Great out year. there, like you might as well take a, a float around him. I think Seriously. I, don't, I don't see the, the risk in bringing him in completely agree i don't know what numbers he's looking at but like if you can get him under like seven million that'd be a great deal and and i I don't know why why green bay there's some rumors that he might come back now that they got rid of um Devontae adams and they have cap space but like why why would you i mean he's not really a slot corner he's meant to be like a boundary corner and he's so good with the pick six he's very athletic um, he's kind yeah. of a guy that'll get beat, but is able to recover super well. And so you don't really notice that. Like he's able to get a PB Which is a off. skill, you know, that's yeah. a skill as a corner, kind of like Especially a Kyle Fuller type, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and we all saw him have pick six off of Justin Fields. And he also pulled down that massive pick from, uh, Kyler Murray when obviously that was kind of like a contentious last moment in that green Bay, uh, Arizona game. But still, I mean, he came up with the play. Uh, yeah, I would be super happy with Rasul Douglas if we can sign him. I think like he would instantly be our our, our second cornerback. Um, yep. 
Yeah, completely agree. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll start reading off some of mine. Um, I'm not this. I'm just going to gloss over him. Lyle Collins, um, who yeah. just got cut by the Cowboys, would make a lot of sense. He's more of a right tackle than a left tackle, so that means we'd have to probably commit to like Tevin Jenkins or Larry Borum playing the left tackle and then the other ones shifting into guard. I would prefer, obviously, if we got a left tackle. Um, so that's like the one concern. I don't know if Lyle Collins is really meant for left tackle, um, but I, I, I guess, you know, we'll see. Um, another guy, I mentioned this to you before. I think Julio Jones would be a great fit. I don't know if Julio Jones would want to play for the Bears because he might try to just like go to a win now team, which I'd completely understand. But as far as like a guy that you're not going to have to give a big contract to and can easily bridge like and like help develop younger, talented wide receivers this year, I think Julio Jones would be a great guy. He's 33 years old, so like he's not going to be there for the long term. But you need someone for Justin Fields this year. And I think Julio Jones, when he has a Darnell Mooney with him, I think he could be a solid wide receiver. Um, I mean, he was a solid wide receiver in the past. So, yeah. He, he was more than solid at yeah, you he know, was great. most of his career. But, you know, yeah, it's been a little bit downhill for him. But Julio, certainly to give him a bigger body to throw to. I mean, that's yeah. just to say the very least. Um, and if he could stay healthy. Man, that could be, still gets be open pretty too. Nice. Yeah, still gets open. Um, and I just like the fact that we wouldn't need to give him like a long-term deal. Like it'd be really low commitment, you know. We could just like give him the money this year. And, and if like we draft, you know, draft a couple guys, let them take over the following year. Yeah. Um, that's what I like about it. Another guy that's, I wouldn't be like, it's not like I'm like banging the table for us to sign him, but I think that he's <laughs> like a solid option for a one-year little stint uh if we want to get a left tackle eric fisher um he yeah he, he played pretty well with the colts last year and ryan poles knows him from his time in kansas city obviously there was a reason why they got rid of him and maybe that's why the bears don't bring him in but i think like as far as like a one-year like if you want to draft like a, a left tackle and try to develop him um, like, I don't want us rolling out with a rookie left tackle, if I'm being completely honest. I really don't. Um, yeah. so, so, like, having a guy there and, like, so maybe a guy you draft outperforms him, best case scenario, perfect. But just, like, having another name there I think would be awesome. And he played pretty decent with the Colts, you know. It's not like you looked at the Colts and you're like, the offensive line was an issue. That wasn't ever the case. So, um, pretty, you know, pretty decent there. And then... The last players I'm talking about is just safeties, man. Landon Collins, Jesse Bates, Jabril Peppers, any of those guys, just go sign a safety, man. Just go sign a safety. Jabril, Pe- Jabril Peppers, man. Oh, man. That that brings back memories from the Michigan days. But um, <laughs> He was a stud in Michigan, man. Yeah, no, he definitely was. Who was um, the guy, by the way, just a little his football history lesson. Who was the guy that was playing that Viper uh, safety position for Michigan like in like oh, 2018? Number, number seven. Um, dang, bro. He that was like the one thing he was good at. Like he really wasn't good at like that much else. Start with an start with an H. Huds, Kalik Hudson. Kalik Hudson. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Just, how did I pull that? Yeah, name that's out crazy. Of nowhere, bro. Dude, I thought he was. Where is he now? That's. A, but no way. you can start re- re- reacting. I'll look. I was gonna up. say. I mean, Landon Collins. What was he even doing last year? Bro? I can't even. He was with. The, I remember he was with the Commanders. Oh, was he really? I mean, I remember him being elite on the Giants in like what twenty eighteen or so. 
Um, mm-hmm. Maybe even before that. That'd be interesting to bring Landon Collins in. Kalik Hudson is also on the Commanders, funny enough. Oh, there you go, man. (laughs) (laughs) Funny world. Um, And who would you say before Landon Collins? Jesse Bates, who had a great year. Jesse Bates, that would be a a home run signing, honestly. Yeah, and he's young, too. He's only 25. And Jabril Peppers. What kind of money is he expecting? They say like 14 million a year, but like. Oh, okay. So it would be a big signing, but. I don't know, man. Like, this safety market is at a standstill. It kind of reminds me of the wide receiver market last year where, like, you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, these guys are going to go for much more than they are. And then guys like uh, uh, the dude from uh, the Lions that, that went to the Kenny Giants. Galladay. Yeah, Kenny Galladay essentially got nothing. They got, like, like a $10 million a year. You thought he was going to get, like, 20 or $17 million a year. Um, I could see that being this this team. Like this, yeah. this, this safety market, the safety I should say. Class, yeah. I mean, honestly, Jesse Bates would be huge. Landon Collins, you know, maybe isn't playing, you know, exactly where he used to be, but he's still not old at all, you know, so he'd still have some time to get back up to there. And Jabril, Jabril Peppers would be interesting for, for this defense. When you have someone like Eddie Jackson bringing in someone like Jabril Peppers is a bit easier. Um, yeah. Especially to have him, you know, playing up more in the box and, mm-hmm. you know, He's respectable in coverage, maybe not the best, but you know, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So I I guess like rounding it out, I just think we need I, I this free agency class could be really good. If we get Tron Armstead, to me, this is like a big success. Because you put the money in the right spot and and then you filled in like a lot of the holes in the team without spending a, a ton of money and you'll still have a lot of cap space going into next season, which is you know, clearly the off season they're looking at to make a huge run. Guys like AJ Brown are going to be free agents too. Like it's going to be a crazy free agent class. So things are kind of lining up pretty well. Um, I, I uh, overall though, I, I do want us to add a couple names. I think that we still need to not be done yet. Yeah, no, there, there still needs to be some additions. Um, you know, and it doesn't have to happen today or necessarily next week. Um, but hopefully we do get some more clarity before the draft. You know, I'd hate for the draft to come by and feel like we're filling holes. It's easier to draft when you can confidently take the best player available rather than picking players out of necessity. And that's how a lot of teams get into some some bad draft practices. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, man. Well, uh, that's really all I have. This was almost an hour and thirty minute episode. Again, we've been we've been banging out these good these long episodes, but they've been they've been good, man. Uh, there's so much to talk about this week. I feel like sometimes we're like struggling. This week, I'm like, we don't have enough time. This could have easily been a three hour podcast, right? We're going to put on like, you know, not even as like a football podcast, it's going to be like a sleep aid. You know, it's <laughs> like, oh, if you need to fall asleep, you know, and ASMR. Of these guys, like, they go on for, you know, an hour and a half every week. You know? <laughs> we'll start, uh, you know, like getting really close to the microphone and, and talking very softly to you guys. Uh, and that's how, and that's. Bear down, bear down, guys, bear down. <laughs> All right, guys, bear down. Bear down. <laughs>